it is getting so dark fast outside. I had to bring out a ring light to record the video, and I feel like it looked crazy. We're going to see after we edit this. It gets dark at like 2 p.m., y'all. What is going on? But hello, you guys. What is going on? My name is Emmy Moore, and this is Saved Not Soft, a Christian podcast where we talk about all things Christianity, navigating your walk with Christ and culture. And I'm so excited that you chose to be here today. I'm very honored and blessed. And we're just going to go on a little ride today. And today, you guys, we are going to be talking about a very serious topic that the Lord has called me to talk about. And it's something that, um, that is like hard to talk about, but um, I, I really do believe that the Lord has equipped me to talk about this because I'm not going to say anything on here I haven't gone through myself. I'm not going to speak on nothing that I don't know about or something that I have minimal understanding about. And um, this is something that I've conquered. Um, I would like to say, praise God that I've conquered this uh, through his strength and through his uh, mightiness. So uh, I'm, I'm very blessed to to say that um, I have beat this thing and it had me in a chokehold for so long. And uh, yeah, today you guys, we're going to be talking about suicide. And this is this is a hard topic to talk about. Um, I, I wanted to talk about it this month, not just because... Um, like it's mental health is at its all-time low right now I think everybody can say that and even the statistics can prove that but it's also um men's mental health month awareness month and um I also wanted to spread awareness towards that um it the statistics on uh males mental health is absolutely insane and the fact that the majority of men don't even go to therapy or um don't seek in counsel of how to process their feelings and emotions is crazy and um it leads uh most of these men to go to suicide uh which is so terrible and sad so i just wanted to bring and raise awareness for that um there's a few um fundraisers and organizations if you guys want to um donate and tithe this month that i'll have at in my instagram uh when i post this video so it's going to be on tuesday um i'll make a post about it too um probably so um just to just to give back but this is something i really want to spread awareness to one and to um just something I want to talk about in general, doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, uh, this is a, this is an issue. Um, and not even just if you're not a believer, even if you're a believer in the church, there are people who are believers that are followers of Christ that deal with, um, suicidal thoughts and, um, wanting to harm themselves and intrusive thoughts and just feeling like they're not worthy or enough and, um, feel like they'll never see the light to anything. And I just want to bring truth, um, to that because it, um, it, sorry, not me stuttering. This is gonna, this episode is gonna be kind of like the, um, if God's not tripping, why am I episode like knowing where the voice is coming from. Is this God speaking to me or is this the enemy speaking to me? So if you haven't watched that episode, I would recommend you to go back and listen to that so you could discern, you know, is this God's voice or is this is the enemy's voice? So, um, yeah, I just want to bring truth to the situation and also share, um, my experience being suicidal when I was in high school. This was a few years ago. Um, I got really suicidal, really bad my senior year of high school. And this is, 
this is something I could talk about now. I wasn't able to talk about this for a while because one, I was ashamed. And two, um, I thought it was, I was guilty talking about it. I thought I was overreacting saying that I wanted to like commit suicide. Like I, I thought like people would think of me crazy or like, oh, you got nothing to be sad about or tripping over. Like, why would you want to do that? And, um, just kind of share my story. I kind of said it in my testimony, but I kind of wanted to go further deep into that, um, of what those emotions were, those triggering emotions and why I felt pretty much useless. And my story isn't the same as everybody else's. Everybody has their own experience. Um, I've talked to some people who, um, are also, um, who have dealt with suicidal thoughts or even attempted like how I have. And, um, it's, it's a completely different, different story. So this is just mine. Um, you know, this doesn't apply to everybody, but this is what, um, I've learned and what the Lord has shown me through this. And I'm just blessed that he got me out and that I could share this because there's a reason why I got out of that, you know? So I'm just, I'm just very blessed. Um, yeah. So, in high school, I shared in my testimony that there was a time period where I was at home, online, and at school, and I just felt unworthy to everybody. I felt like nobody gave a crap about me, quite honestly. I felt like no one genuinely cared about me, and I didn't see purpose in my life. I didn't understand the role that God had for me, not even just God, just like in general, because I've also shared this in my testimony. I didn't invite God in my space of hurting um, with uh, with suicide because I thought, one, he couldn't understand, and two, I was ashamed. I, I dealt with a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. That I, I would like to say those are the two like most triggering feelings that I had. I'm going to add a third one, betrayal. I felt ashamed, guilty, and betrayed. Those are the three things I I felt the most. And I felt guilty because um, I thought me feeling this way was bad. And because of that, I thought I just sucked more. (laughs) I don't know how to explain it. It's just like guilt just eats you, dude. And I was just guilty and I was ashamed that um of how I was feeling um because whenever I would express how I feel it would instantly get invalidated I I really didn't feel like I was validated um especially when it came to my emotions by many people and if I did it was by my friends but you also got to think my friends are like 16 17 and they really don't know how to truly comfort a person in a situation like this and um it it was hard for me to not feel like I was crazy and I just felt majorly betrayed because even whenever I ever I would reach out and say this is a problem I have this sucks in my life and I don't um I don't feel worthy I don't feel like um I don't even feel like I should be living right now like that's how I felt whenever I was in high school and I uh the people I would tell mostly my parents and um at school there were some people I like confided in it just felt like it wasn't taken seriously I shared in my testimony that um the night that I almost did like kill myself like my parents um literally just took everything away and restricted me more instead of actually confiding me and wanting to know you know I mean are you okay like 
is everything all right? Um, and I got punished for um, the way that I felt, which is crazy to me. And um, that's where like the betrayal comes from. So um, just that whole time of me being suicidal was just like a lot feeling shame and just guilt and um, feeling betrayed. Um, and in high school, it was tough because it's like you're always in a surroundment of judgment. And I would like to say that's also online. And I only got the peak of it because I was in a rare situation because I got viral at the time. And a whole bunch of people that I don't know was judging me and my parents and the way I did certain things and the way I spoke. And it was just very hurtful, especially first jumping into social media, it being so new for you to blow up and be a content creator or influencer um, at 16 years old. It's not normal. So um, it was something that I really couldn't handle. And it was really hard for me to sit and process it and deal with those emotions. And um, also, like I said, at home, same thing, um, just being in a consistent place of judgment. And I just didn't feel wanted and worthy and uh, felt like I would never live to a standard that I was always held at. And I, I don't know how to explain this. I wanted to please people quote unquote if you see me I'm quoting my fingers uh I wanted to please people but I wanted to like please myself first if that makes sense I wanted I wanted to love me first before everybody else loved me and it sucks because I knew the things that were happening to me I didn't deserve and the things that I was feeling was valid in that I am a good person and I do have good intentions, but no one else could see that. And that made me feel crazy. Because I was like, I feel like I'm worth being here. But since other people are treating me this way, it makes me feel like I'm wrong. So it was like I was being massively been manipulated just by like culture itself and just like by people. And um, I knew what I was going through. I didn't deserve it. I just wanted it to be over because I couldn't see the end of it. I really couldn't see it for the majority of high school. I really couldn't see life after I graduated. I had no idea what I was going to do. I would tell my parents, I'm going to go to the military. I'm going to go to the military. And I was like, I cannot see myself in the stupid military. I can see myself just nowhere. I like literally did not have a vision for myself after I graduated high school. And um, once I got saved, um, after I graduated high school, that's when I didn't know necessarily this is what's going to happen in my life now. Like God didn't paint out a picture of like, since I saved you, this is your purpose. It didn't, it didn't line out like that. It was, okay, you're with me and I'm not going to harm you. Like you could trust me. And I was in a position where I was like, okay, I don't know where you're going with this. And I don't know where I'm going to be either, but I have a foundation now. And uh, from there, the Lord just started to heal me. And he was like, don't worry about where you're going to go. Just sit with me. Just sit with, just sit with me right now. And then whenever you're ready, we'll get up and we'll, walk, and we'll walk together. And that's exactly what I did with God. And like I said, everybody's story is different. Um, so I was just in a place of darkness and self-hatred and um, then got to a, to a place to where um, I found Christ he saved me and I rested in him and dwelt in him. And whenever I was ready to walk, we started to walk together and going on this journey that I'm currently on right now. Um, so that's just kind of like a, 
a little recap of where I've been. If you want to know more in depth, um, my testimony I shared uh, is my first episode. So if you want to watch that, you can watch that. Uh, so you could get more of an understanding. But um, yeah, I I thought I kind of want to go over the shame and guilt thing. And um, th- there's some there's some points I want to I want to hit in this. And if you notice the title, I thought this title was so clever. I called it 13 Reasons Why Not. I know everybody knows what that show is. And if you don't, I think you go look it up, babe. <laughs> but um, I, I'm not going to give you um, 13 reasons on the dot. But I, I believe that this episode should give you way more than 13 reasons. And um, I have I have about four or five points that I that I pointed out that I went into depth into and I'm going to share it with you guys and I I really do believe this is going to give you more of an understanding as to why this is such a universal spiritual issue and um why too also why so many of us fall into it and believe the deceitful lies of the enemy um and this is one of the lies that I thought and this is what went into my shame and my guilt I swore, I don't know who told me this. And apparently the majority of people also believe this. You don't go to hell if you commit suicide. Who said that? It doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. The unforgivable sin is denying God. And I want to I want to talk about the the only time suicide is really talked about and that's when Judas hung himself after betraying Jesus. So uh, I want to I want to talk about that because that's why when I was suicidal, I was so ashamed. I was like, and I think that's why I didn't invite God into my place of hurt and self-hatred because I was like, this is, this is going against you. Like this, like you hate me because I want to do this to myself. Like I thought God wouldn't accept me because of the way I was feeling. I swear, this is literally how I felt. I w- that's why I was in the shame because I was like, this is like, I'm selfish for this. And I'm, and I, and I started believing the lie that the enemy was telling me, let me tell y'all about this man, Judas and what it says in scripture and having negative thoughts about yourself. Isn't a, isn't necessarily a sin. It's an attack from the enemy, straight up. And the enemy know how to spit game and he knows how to make his words sound a certain way to where it's applicable to anything in our lives and to where we just take it and we believe it. And we're going to squash that down today. And we're going to be like, you know what? We're going to bring God's truth and God's light into this and know what God says. Because who created the heavens, the earth, and the universe? And you, God did. Satan just here to mess with us. I don't like that. Okay. This is, again, this is kind of one of the things like know who you're playing against. This is the enemy we're talking about. He has no new tactics. I'm going to make a whole episode about that. It's just about the same stuff he be doing. So like I said, the only time suicide is really talked about in the Bible is whenever Judas went and hung himself after he betrayed Jesus. And I'm going to read to you. Um, it talks about it in the gospels and the gospels is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it's pretty much these different men taking, um, disciples that were taking accounts, um, while Jesus was here. And they're pretty much the same stories in different aspects. And I put a few of them together to give us, so these are a few different perspectives, all kind of mushed 
in one, but it gives us the full story of Judas committing this. So um, we're first going to read on Luke um, 22, 1 through 6. And this is this is right whenever he betrays um, Jesus. Now the festival of the unleaved bread called the Passover was approaching. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were working for some way to get rid of Jesus. For they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas, one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how they might how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. Okay. Know what? We're going to actually, I'm not going to go. Uh, do I want to save that? No, we're going to talk about it right now before I go into the next passage. It says, before the Passover was approaching, this was something that Judas, you know, was going to do. It is so intentional that it says in the Bible, then Satan entered Judas. You know, (laughs) not me, not me uh, stuttering. You know that Satan can't enter somewhere that God is? That he cannot enter your body if the if the spirit is present within you, that you've accepted Jesus Christ as as your savior. Satan couldn't enter Judas if Jesus wasn't in his heart in the first place. Meaning that Jesus was never there in Judas's heart. Ain't that crazy? This man, Judas, sat with him, dined with him, had his feet washed by him, was a witness to the miracles. And this is a pure example that you could be you could be a witness to the goodness of God, but still lack spiritual enlightenment. Yuck. Yuck. It talks about in Matthew uh, 27, 1 through 5. So that first passage of Luke is, okay, this is Satan entered Judas. He, he went into the temple of Judas because Jesus was not present, in there, present there. And from that, Jesus, not Jesus, Judas then betrayed Jesus. And then this is after that. And it's in uh, Matthew 27, um, verses 1 through 5. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans on how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor, When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, has seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. Can I tell y'all that 30 pieces of silver is like a hundred bucks? Like if you were to convert that to like our money, it's a hundred bucks. Judas did this for a Benjamin. Bro was so desperate. I really can't believe it. Anyways. Judas says, I have sinned, he said, for I've betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us? They replied. That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. And I think this is where people get the get the mix up when it comes to when it comes to Judas and when it comes to suicide that, well, Judas betrayed Jesus and went and hung himself. And since he hung himself, he went straight to hell. No. Judas went to hell because he betrayed Jesus, not because he committed suicide. The ultimate sin isn't committing suicide. The ultimate sin is betraying Jesus. And since 
Judas died with Satan entered and in residence in his body. That's why Judas went to hell. Not because he felt guilty. Oh, and this is another thing. Ain't it crazy how after he snitched on Jesus and he felt bad, he felt guilty. He was like, whoa, I shed innocent blood. What is wrong with me? You know, he had the, he had the opportunity to repent, but instead he was regretful. And that is a prime example that regret and repentance is not the same thing. You could be guilty. You could feel bad about something, but you could not repent. And it's not the same thing. That is a prime example. Just because you feel sorry doesn't mean you're doing nothing about it. Repentance is not only just, God, like, this was terrible. But instead of feeling this guilt and then bypassing it and going to do it again, I'm actually going to change my ways and ask for forgiveness. Do you see the, the difference here? And you would think Judas would know that since he was around Jesus all the time. This is what I'm saying. Judas was not a real follower of Jesus. And this is why we know that Jesus was never in him. Because if Judas was actually wanting to repent, he would have done it. He felt regret and went straight to hang himself instead of to repentance. And you'd think he would know this, but he didn't have Jesus in his heart. He had Satan in his heart. Crazy. Crazy. that's the yeah once i once i got this revelation i had um one of my youth pastors um has talked about this before and it really opened my eyes and knocked down this huge deceitful lying spirit that has been trying to invade my life for so long once that got got up in the air of like you know what like God is actually here for you. He's not ashamed for you when these thoughts are coming to your head, when you want to be a part of self-harm, that he's not mad at you. He's not ashamed of you. He actually wants to sit down with you. What? And it's such a lie. And this goes into my second point, because there are countless times throughout the whole Bible where people are depressed and suicidal. Even, oh my gosh, Right before I started recording this, I I remembered this right before I was about to like press start. And I was like, oh, I have to write it down real quick. Even Satan was trying to tell Jesus to kill himself. This, This happened to Jesus. Like our God, the son of God on the cross died for us. Had temptation of suicidal thoughts. Want me to read it to you? I will. Satan says to him, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. That's what the enemy said. The enemy even used scripture to, oh, to pervert it and to tell Jesus, oh, it's written. Your angels will save you. So throw yourself off. Yuck. And Jesus says, it is also written. Do not put the Lord, your God to the test. Matthew 4, 6 through 7. That's where you can find that, where Jesus is being tempted in the wilderness. This ain't nothing new. The enemy pulled that on Jesus. We're victims to this too. God isn't condemning you and, and pushing you away. He's saying, I've experienced this. Jesus is saying, I was told these things as well. 
What did he do instantly? It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Fought him back with scripture with truth. And me being in a place where I was suicidal and I did give into this 24-7 for, um, for about like a year or two of my life, I gave into the lies. I had no truth tied to it whatsoever. I want to reveal to y'all, not me, God wants to. This ain't me. Y'all, if I'm being so for real, this is not my platform. This is God's. And I'm just being used as a vessel so he can speak to you. We are going to crush every single lie you have been told and reveal the goodness of God and his character and who he is. Because every message that is going to be said on this podcast it's all going to tie back to one thing that God is love and God wants a relationship with you and he loves you and he wants to be present in your life and walk with you and guide you and love you and comfort you and provide for you and I'm just here as a vessel as a tool for that to be accessible to you guys who are watching and there's there's so many things that need to be cast down and this is one of them God wants to sit with you in this time. This is actually the time where you need him the most. Lord, when I am weak, you are my strength. When I am weak, you are strong. When I am clueless, you are knowledgeable. You are wise. When I don't see purpose, you know my purpose. In the times where we are distressed and just feel like nothing and unworthy. That is the perfect time to let God come in and just invade our space. And what do we usually do? Push him away. That's what I did. I felt unworthy. On all accounts. God, I don't feel worthy to be in your presence. He's like, try me. <laughs> Still come. Come as you are. Talked about this last week. God don't care about what you did, how you think. He's saying, come, I know life sucks. Sit with me. Let's speak truth into this. I also want to tap into how you're not alone. This isn't just something that Jesus went through, but also countless people throughout the Bible, which is my third point. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name about like four or five. Because I didn't realize how many people until um, I started studying and reading about it. And I was like, huh. First one being Rebecca uh, in Genesis uh, 27, 46 says, Then Rebecca said to Isaac, I'm disgusted with living because these um, hitty, hitty women. If Jacob takes a wife from among the women from, of this land, from, from hitty women like these, my life will not be worth living. This is already in the first chapter of the Bible. This is the first chapter of the Bible. And this is this is nothing new. My life will not be worth living. This was already being dealt with. Solomon. If y'all want to read something depressing, read Ecclesiastes. Because Solomon, the whole book, I kid you not, until the end, is life is meaningless. Everything is meaningless. It is it's, it's it's a it's a crazy <laughs> little book. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and this is Ecclesiastes uh, two seventeen through eighteen, and he said, "So I hated life." I, this is what the Bible says. I kid you not. Solomon said, "So I hated life because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. All of it is meaningless. 
a chasing after the wind. I hated all things that toiled for under the sun because I must leave them to one who comes after me. I'm telling y'all, this is nothing new. It is, you're going to have, there is something common in all of these, all of these verses and all these people that I'm going to tell you about. Elijah, 1 Kings 19.4. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush and sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Job. Y'all, we know Job was feeling some sort of way. <laughs> Job was going through it. Job um, 3.11, um, 20 through 21. Why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? Why is light given to those in misery and a life to the bitter of the soul, to those who long for death that does not come, who search for it more than for hidden treasure itself? This spirit, this this tactic that the enemy uses has been something he's been doing since the beginning of time. It is a result of guilt, of shame, of unworthiness. And it it is a block that he is using, a big one, to put between you and Christ, to ruin and to kill that kill everything. I don't I don't think y'all really take this verse seriously when it says that the enemy is going to steal, kill, and destroy. He really means that. The enemy will do anything to kill you, even if it's by your own hand. When I was suicidal, that was the enemy planting thoughts, ideas in my brain because he wanted to kill my purpose. I'm in a position right now and I know, dang, I'm not going to cry. That's what I'm telling you. I really beat this thing. That's why, oh, I just... Satan, I just hate you, bro. I am in a place in my life where I am so fruitful, where I feel purposeful, where the Lord has called purpose over me. And the enemy, with them thoughts, almost got me, but he didn't. That was the enemy. What was the voice I was listening to? You think God was telling me that stuff about me? You're worthless. You lack purpose. You're unimportant. Nobody loves you. You think that's from God? Y'all know the enemy's voice. The devil's talking very fluently. He don't change. He don't change. 2 Corinthians 1.9 Indeed, we have felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. I think the enemy is trying to convince us that a permanent physical death by our own hand is what will save us from this misery. But what it actually is, is God is trying to tell us that we need to die to our flesh and we need to die, um, of this world and be rebirthed. That's what baptism is. Lord, I'm going to change my ways. I put my old my old self behind me. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. See how the enemy just your life sucks. You're not worth living it. 
God's saying, I know life sucks. Let's get saved. Let me save you. Accept me. Don't, don't actually die <laughs> because you will eternally live with me. Die to your flesh. Die to the lies. Die to the intrusive thoughts. And you will live eternally with me. Don't rely on your own understanding. That's one of my favorite verses that um, I've been, I feel like I've been going back to a lot this year is Proverbs 3, 5. Is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding. On guys, you think we know everything? <laughs> you think we the almighty and powerful God? There is a man that is so intentional and loving that sits with you and grieves with you it talks about in the bible how jesus wept how he cries how he sits at your feet god will always work it out uh i i told my girls this at church today um when i was in high school so random but this is like the one thing that low-key pushed me through through the end of it i got a massage from this this one woman and you know, it was, she was just giving me a little massage and, uh, she told me something, which I was like, okay, this might be from God right here. And now that I look back at it, it was, and she told me, she was like, I don't know what's going on in your, in your life, but I do know this after every storm, there is a rainbow. And that gave me hope because that's actually right and scientifically correct. <laughs> A storm can't last forever. There has to be sunshine at the end of it. There has to be daylight. There has to be a rainbow. There has to be something rather than the storm. And once and once I got that, I was like, you know what? That's actually true. Physically, like in this world, like a storm literally can't last forever. How long is my storm going to last though? And all I needed to hear was that it was going to end. And I'm here to tell you that your storm is going to end, babe. Whatever you're going through right now, I know the thing that sucks to hear the most because I hated this thing when I was going through something. Oh, it's temporary. That don't take away nothing. I still hate everything. <laughs> like, I would hate when people would tell me like, oh, it's just temporary. Just get over it. Like, and I'm like, no, nah, bro, you don't get it. Like, yes, everything is temporary, but to an extent, like, things that are happening in our lives, yes, do happen for a reason. And um, it is physically, scientifically, and spiritually correct and true that there is an end to sorrow and suffering in general. Because good, the goodness of God, will always prevail. So um, I, I just want to end off with this last point is that to you guys who are in a, in a position to where I was, where you felt like there was no light at the end of the tunnel, there is a job an assignment that God has for you that he hand selected for you that he like has a whole binder of <laughs> that he's just waiting to give to you. There is an assignment. There is a purpose. There is a calling. Everyone has a calling. 
For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Ephesians 2.10. Oh, I love that. You, you prepared for me in advance before I, I, my mother birthed me. You knew my purpose. God is so intentional. And imagine how he's going to use your story. I didn't realize that until... I'm in the position that I'm in now. I didn't I didn't understand how God was going to use my story to help people. And that's the one thing that, you know, if you know me in person, I'm very closed off to an extent. I feel like I'm so open, but the stuff that are is like really important, I don't talk about. And quite honestly, I just deal with it myself and don't not allow anyone in. And it, it's a challenge for me to sit in front of here and tell everybody my business. <laughs> you think I wanted to do this? But I know God is using my story and I'm a living testimony to help other people. And God's going to do the same thing for you. And it might not be on a podcast in front of thousands of people that are listening, but it might be to your future daughter or someone who's in need or someone, a stranger, or someone you've never met. Your story is so useful. It is important, it is valued, and your feelings are validated. And um, the way you feel and the and the trials and tribulations that you're going through are seen. And um, I, this is such a hard topic to talk about because I could go into so much other stuff. And I, I'm gonna talk about this next week because it's gonna tie into this, and this might be a part two. Um, or an extension of it. Um, but a lot of people are like, okay, I know God cares, but why am I still in these circumstances? And why is this still happening to me? A lot of the why me? Why me? Why is this happening? And uh, I, I want to talk about next week how, um, like how we said, there's two voices, there's also two wills. And I, I really believe that um, the situations that you're in, um, one are temporary and uh the lord is going to use you uh, for so much more and heal you and restore you and also that we need to address the attacks from the enemy and how he's trying to kill still and destroy everything from us and our salvation and um not our sal- just everything our relationship with christ just rob us and uh, I really just want to go over that stuff. But I first wanted to let you guys know that you are loved, you are wanted. Everything um, that is going in your life is validated. It is seen. Um, and Jesus is weeping with you through this. Don't think he's just sitting there like, okay, I see you suffered. Like he's crying with you. He understands. We live in a sinful world. We're, we're not in a world full of perfection. And finding peace is finding it in the midst of the storm and ever since my pastor said this I keep going back to it a lot of people will think that peace is found after the problems were there if I just do this then I'll receive peace but whenever you're in the midst of the chaos finding calmness in that peace God wants to be that peace for you he's saying I know the world sucks trust me (laughs) God's saying I see everything not just you I see my other my other children and what they're going through I I know how the enemy works I know how this world is deceiving but I want to sit with you I want to weep with you and I want to help you find peace in the middle of this because 
sin is something that we're going to face in battle for the rest of our lives. And that's why a lot of Christians are at peace because they find peace with God in the midst of their troubles. And uh, that doesn't take away from the fact that things suck, <laughs> but um, it does give you hope and faith and into the goodness of God, uh, into the good news of who God is. And yeah, I, I really hope this helps you guys. And I really hope that um, this has brought a lot of light to a dark, very dark situation in um and tactic that the enemy uses to corrupt us and bring us down and being one a victim of this into knowing so many people who have even passed away from this um is something that needs to be addressed and talked about especially in the church and um if you need guidance or help or support let alone just prayer um i am here to pray for you um even like a community of people like I the social media platform that I have this isn't just like oh watch me like this is a community of people where we could pray for each other love one another and support one another so um I would I would just encourage everybody to just join me in prayer right now um to pray for anybody on the other side of the screen or just people that um you could think of on the top of your head who are uh thinking and feeling some sort of, um, some sort of ways, ways, um, that, uh, that applies to this message. Um, so I just want to invite you guys to join me in prayer right now. And if you guys need guidance or help, like how I said, um, you could go on my social media platforms and, uh, we could chit chat. I try to get back to y'all as much as I can. It gets really hard, but, um, I, if you guys just tell me, what you need prayer for, I, I pray for everybody who, um, as much as I can, who DMs me. So, um, yeah, let's just pray you guys. Uh, Lord, we just come into your presence, God, and we just, um, sit at your feet and God, we come brokenhearted and wounded and just stabbed and feel like this life is hard and we don't know how to navigate it sometimes, God, but we do know that your truth is present because you are truth, you are love, you are the light, God. And we just pray and ask that um, you show your light and your mercy to the places that are dark and putting us in a chokehold. And I also just command that the enemy has his hands off of us in the name of Jesus, because where you reside, the enemy can't be. So I just pray that the um, that the attacks, that the arrows, the flaming arrows that the enemy is sending out trying to stab us and kill us is um, just rebuked in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus, God. And I just pray that in this time we put on the full armor of God, um, that we just put on um, every piece of armor to protect us and to just be in um, in protective mode by you, just be protected by you, God, and just to... Uh, be beside beside you and trust you God and that you're in control and that um no matter what situation we're going through right now God we just know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel that there is hope that there is faith that um you are the prize that you are eternity that you are a true joy and true peace God so we just come to you and everything we lay at your feet we know it will be healed because that's what your hands do. Not my, not my alarm coming off. Sorry. Sorry that scared you guys. 
but we know your hands heal God. So I just pray that in this moment, every, every worry, every comment, every lie that has been told to us, every situation is placed at your feet, God. And I pray that your hands just go over it now and you take it with you. We put our worry on you. Bind up our wounds. We cast our anxieties onto you, God. We trust you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If this is something you are struggling with, I don't, someone, someone out here watching needs to go into prayer right now. Big time. Like turn off everything in, in, around you, your phone, your computer, your TV. I don't know what it is. You just need to sit in the presence of God. I don't know who this is for. It might be to a lot of people. I feel like this this is actually applying to a lot of people watching. You need to sit in the presence of God right now. Just lay everything at his feet. He is weeping with you. He is sitting with you. He sees everything you're going through. And he wants to help you. He wants to speak life into you. Uh, this is such a hard episode to end on. But I have to end on it. Because that's why my, my little timer went off. Because, um... My camera's going to run out a battery. So uh, I love you guys so much. And most importantly, God loves you. And um, yeah, I'm just here to love you, support you. And um, God is just here to do all the things that man and woman cannot. So I just pray you guys press into his presence and just um, really have him be there for you today and for the rest of the week and for eternity. Okay. Love you guys. Bye.